I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon podcast in the Clay and Buck podcast network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm glad you're here with me today. As some of you may know, but some of you might not know, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton actually encouraged me to do this podcast, and I was a little bit unsure of whether or not this is what I wanted to do, but they're such awesome encouragers of free speech. They've been champions of free speech with people really across the country. They launched the Clay and Buck Network here on iHeart, and they also have OutKick, And my guest today is actually leaving ESPN to join OutKick. So welcome to this side of the world, Charlie Arnault. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Tudor, thank you so much. And you know what? The the transition has already occurred. I have left ESPN. I am out at OutKick and um, already uh, only a weekend. I'm, I'm so happy that I made this decision. I can already tell it was the perfect one for me. OutKick is getting bigger and bigger. Right now, we see people going more and more to OutKick. I mean, OutKick started mostly as sports. There is the ability to obviously speak about political issues. Is that why you decided that OutKick was the place to go after ESPN? Yeah, you know, there's so many different reasons why OutKick was appealing to me. And um, I want to say that Clay Travis was one of the large reasons why I'm here today. Uh, Just like you said, um, it was your interactions with him and Buck. And in fact, I, early on, when I was getting to learn about OutKick, this was probably at this point about six months ago, I had dinner with Clay and Buck um, after being introduced to OutKick on a pretty introductory level. Um, And the things that they were saying about what they wanted the network to be, um, what kind of talent they were looking for, what they were encouraging from their talent, uh, how the idea of cancel culture didn't exist at OutKick. And Clay was, you know, very steadfast when he told me, listen, if something is said on OutKick and the talent stands behind it, as long as they have done their research and there are facts behind what they're saying, I will never, ever attempt to cancel 
anyone for for standing up for what they believe in. And I know. So did really you feel like that was happening at ESPN? I mean, this seems really important to you to not have that threat looming over you. But we hear political statements from ESPN all the time. So did you feel like there was only one side? Yeah, well, that's the thing is there's so many issues in sports that have now become politicized, uh, whether or not we want to admit it. We have seen so many different sports just completely overrun by politics. And it's not like they're directly addressed, but they are because they're not talked about Um, or only one side of the argument is addressed. You know, when you look at, for example, the trans issue, which right now everyone's talking about uh, ESPN always says, you know, we, we, we want to keep politics out of our programming. But then on the same token, during Women's Month, they ran a one minute tribute to Leah Thomas, who is not even a woman biologically. Right. So it just doesn't make sense when there are so many incredible female athletes who have, you know, paved the way for other females to do their things in the world of sports. And just there's so many things that they should be recognized for. And yet we're taking the time to recognize a biological man for their success during Women's Month, it just makes absolutely no sense. But then again, shows the rhetoric that ESPN is still standing by. And don't you think if you have an iconic company like ESPN, I mean, really, this is the name of sports that we've all known growing up and little girls look up to, little boys look up to, to for little girls to see, instead of honoring a woman who's done something incredible in sports, you're honoring a biological male, an intact male saying that he's a woman. I mean, it's just kind of mind blowing. But don't you think that when that happens, it changes culture, that ESPN has the power to change culture and change the way people think? Absolutely. Uh, I think that there's a lot of women who feel this way too. They just can't speak up about it. Since joining OutKick, and announcing the news on my social media channels, I have quietly heard from several of my colleagues from ESPN who have said, thank you so much for speaking up for those Mm -hmm. of us who can't. Um, And that's so encouraging because there is a swell occurring. So when you see people getting fired on other networks, why do you think it is, I mean, over the years for multiple forms of harassment, isn't this somewhat of a form of harassment that women can't really speak their minds when it comes to something so serious as their achievements in sports? I mean, doesn't it kind of blow your mind that people have to be so silent about this? I mean, absolutely. Because when you look at the Me Too movement, there were so many women for decades who were unable to speak up about their instances of sexual harassment or what may have been in in their pasts. And And now it's like the same thing. Like women are suppressed. They feel uncomfortable coming forward. So we're allowing something that's very uncomfortable to persist. And women, there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, And it's like, you know, the Me Too movement was so celebrated by men and women alike. Yet here we are further into the future. And it's just another example of of women not being, being able to speak up. So what will you cover on Outkick? How will this change the way you talk about sports? It's an alternative way to look at different issues. Um, and it's a way to cover both sides of issues at hand. Um, you know, I, I think that I have one uh, opinion on, on matters, but I'm open to hearing other opinions. I don't think that there's room for only one opinion in, in each debate. So I would love to have a platform where other people can come share, you know, what, what their takes on things are. And we can have an open discussion, uh, which I think right now is not happening in most places. Uh, we've, we we've seen yeah, sort we of issues that just don't relate to sports, but also just culture and society in general, because a lot of those do end up spilling into the world of sports. 
Of course. Yeah. We've seen President Trump go into fights and and people are like, oh, don't talk about this. Don't actually acknowledge. But but he's incredibly popular. He was a, a former president of the United States. Why is that something that you can't celebrate that you have a former president if it were a George Bush, if it were a Barack Obama? How do you think it would be covered differently? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is UFC has done something right. You know, they have appealed to the voices who have not been heard for so many years. Um, a lot of Trump's fan base uh, who felt like they hadn't been heard for years. Um, and that's why there was such an uproar when, you know, it was Dana White and President, former President Trump and Kid Rock and Mike Tyson all sitting uh, octagon side the other night. And I think it's just a testament to what people are looking for out of sports. You know, they want to feel like sports is a reflection of of who they are and also what they're looking for. Because at the end of the day, here's the thing. Politics is getting inserted into every little thing that we do. I mean, it's a part of our, our lives. Any You try to look this way, it doesn't matter. You can't avoid it. You look the other way, it doesn't matter. It can't be avoided. Uh, sports and politics don't need to go hand in hand. You know, you've looked throughout history and sports have always been an escape for people, right? Through war, wartime, depressions, um, downturns of, of every shape and form. The pandemic, a big example recently. And people were turning to sports as, as a way to distract themselves. Um, whereas now when they watch sports, they're still being confronted with the same issues that they're trying to get away from in everyday life. Um, I mean, That's even true. You, you look at the NBA bubble, right? I mean, that was for us sports fans. It was so exciting because we had been craving sports and craving competition. We finally got what was actually a really decent setup by the NBA. You know, it was... It was the best that they could do, and uh, it was it was actually the most competitive basketball I had seen in a really long time. I really enjoyed bubble play, but that also at the same time is when they started doing all of the social justice implementations, uh, whether it being you know stamping a moniker on the court or allowing players to choose different phrases for the backs of their jerseys. And it's like, suddenly we're not watching basketball. We are being confronted with politics. Mm. And that's when some people started getting very turned off of the NBA. Uh, and you did see the numbers start to drop. And even as recently as this week, Phil Jackson, uh, who's a legend in the NBA, um, he's won 13 championships as both a player and coach. He even said he doesn't watch the NBA anymore because- Wow, I didn't like, hear that. Yeah, because he just says it's just, it's just too politicized now. Um, and it's gotten to a point where it's uncomfortable for him and it's uncomfortable for many fans. And um, that's not what it's supposed to be. And uh, for a guy like Phil Jackson to say he doesn't watch the NBA when he has been a huge part of why the NBA is what it is today is saying something. Well, you said something interesting. You said for many of us, sports is a reflection of who we are. And I think that is the case for people who played soccer when they were young, people who played football, people who I, I think what people don't understand is that no matter when you were connected to sports, that for a lot of people is a lifelong connection. And I think that's what we saw when we saw the football players starting to kneel. And those people who saw football as a reflection of them went, well, wait, wait, no, this is not who I am. I'm still patriotic. I still believe that this country is a great place. We have flaws, but we can work on them. And this was kind of a, a statement, There's, uh, it's broken, there's no way to fix it, we don't love it. And I think it turned so many people off in that moment. They walked away. We saw that the NFL started losing viewers and losing money 
why it, they changed quickly. I think they, they came back and said, you know what, we, we got to stop doing this or the next season, we're not going to have any viewers. And they brought their viewers back. Why wasn't that a learning curve for the rest of sports? I think it's because of the athletes themselves. I think um, it's not about the leagues anymore. Uh, the players have a lot of power. They continuously are gaining more power uh, each and every year. Uh, I, I look at the NBA as the prime example of this. Um, you look at guys like LeBron James, who's going down as one of the greatest players of all time, but he also has made himself the poster child for many social justice issues. Uh, in teams and the league doesn't have any control over that. Um, and a lot of fans who love LeBron James then become obsessed with the things that he's tweeting and the things that he's saying. And so it doesn't just become about sports anymore. It becomes about politics. And, you know, when you're in a locker room, it's like your family. Like I grew up an athlete uh, and a lot of my teammates, I looked at as, as family members. And so your mind is hard not to be persuaded in one certain way when you're hearing one of your best friends and teammates mm -hmm. preaching an issue constantly and talking about it and standing up for something, it starts almost brainwashing you a little bit because you're around them so much and you feel so close to them and you trust them. So now it's like, you know, it's uncomfortable then to, to take a different position. So now you're seeing a lot of players going in one direction, whereas I'm sure there's a lot of people who have different opinions and would love to stand up for themselves. Uh, but if you even look at the recent Phil Jackson issue of him speaking up against the NBA, uh, Jalen Rose, who is a broadcaster for ESPN, also a longtime NBA player, one of the greats as well, uh, called Phil Jackson a racist uh, because he said that, you know, you're just being being racist by saying that politics should be kept out of the NBA and and you don't like watching the NBA anymore. And and Phil Jackson, I mean, look at what he's done. He's, he's clearly not a racist. And I just think it's unfortunate because it dissuades so many people from being able to speak their mind because no one wants to be called that. That's that's hurtful. Such hurtful. a cruel word, but it's so effective exactly. at silencing people. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I look at what we've seen happening in sports over the past few years, and I I think that you're absolutely right that young, especially young people, but I think people of all ages can start to see somebody that they idolize, that they look up to and take their position as fact. And that's where I wonder how challenging has sports reporting become? Because recently, I mean, not a few years ago, LeBron James was the one out there defending China. And I think that the geopolitical climate in the United States, in the world has changed so significantly that whereas in a few years back, we felt comfortable doing business, business with China. We now know that the, in the political world, in the true political world, China has become an incredible threat to the United States. China has been talking to our oldest, our first and oldest ally. They have been out there talking to Russia. We know that they're supporting many of our our enemies, true enemies out there, and they are they're becoming an enemy. I mean, they want world domination. So at what point as a journalist for sports do you have to say, actually, I have to take this into the political realm so that we make sure that even though the sports personality is saying this, you understand why there are dangers surrounding this. Well, I think that's the thing is if you are going to bring politics into the equation, which, like I said, a lot of people want to watch sports to avoid politics. Okay. But if, if, if there are issues that need to be addressed and you intend on addressing them, you need to address them from both sides. And that's the problem is you're seeing from most of these sports organizations, uh, networks, they aren't addressing it from both sides. Um, I think another big thing was the COVID mandates. Uh, that started in 2020. Uh, you saw the requirement for athletes to be vaccinated. You saw Aaron Rodgers get absolutely murdered. Uh, yes. He, yeah. that he wasn't vaccinated, even though at that point, the efficacy of the vaccine was being highly questioned. Yet people were like, how could you? This is outrageous. Um, when really- Even in tennis, look at what happened with the vaccine. He wasn't, he missed his first US Open Last year, for the first time since 2017, they wouldn't let him into the country. Um, it's just it's just so outrageous because also this is isn't there like such a thing as like medical privacy? I just feel like people just feel like they have right, right to know each and everything little thing about people these days, um, especially when we all know at this point, like like masks, we know they're not effective. Uh, yet they were making people wear masks for such a long time. Uh, they were required to get into certain venues. They were required uh, for athletes to wear when they were around their own teammates. It's just there's just so many different things that were not questioned, but they were reported on is very straightforward fact. This is how it is. This is how it should be without anyone saying, but wait, let's, let's actually look at the other side of the coin. If you're going to talk about politics, you got to address both sides. But you know, when you look at a place like ESPN, uh, that doesn't fit 
within their rhetoric. It doesn't fit within Disney's rhetoric. And so they continue to turn their heads to that. So what is your take on, I mean, Disney is a very similar situation when it comes to, I I guess it's, I, I would say it's a little different because there is no fighting back when it's Disney outside of, you know, people, I mean, it's a capitalist country. You can unsubscribe, you can step away from Disney plus, you can not watch it, but they really have kind of cornered that, movement with young people of slowly changing culture amongst young people. And as a parent, I've watched this over the years because we watched all the Disney shows and then and then slowly they started to become more and more not. I wouldn't say we were going into some of the really um, life changing stuff, but more empowering kids to disrespect adults and creating a behavior of distraction and disruption what what is the answer to something like that? Do you think at some point Outkick has started? Do you think there will be entertainment that will be more conservative, have American values go back to that level of respect from children to adults? Uh, unfortunately, I, I mean, I think that there are places that can try. I think um, it's going to be up to you know they have like the parental controls and the you know parents can dictate what their kids see and listen to. Um, so you know if they were to say you know let's say Outkick released kids programming. Okay. This is, this is what we're raising you on and what you get used to seeing. So you don't crave all of the other stuff, uh, perhaps, but the problem is, um, is social media is so ingrained in our culture and yeah. you look at so many issues that are being splattered all over social media. I mean, let's look at the trans issue, right? When you see a guy or sorry, I, I don't know, even know the proper terminology anymore, but we'll just Dylan Mulvaney all over the place on social media, um, representing women now. And then you see, kids who are watching Dylan Mulvaney. It's, it's a form of brainwashing. Um, and you know, it's interesting all because is, all they do is consume social media from morning until night. It's just, unless you completely take it away, which I'll tell you, I don't have kids yet, but when, when I do, I am going to do my damnness. I'm not, they, they're not going to have access to screens until I cannot control it. I have no choice. Um, I am going to shelter them, uh, far beyond what I ever thought I would, because I want, I always wanted to be, you know, I want to be the cool mom. I am so scared to bring up a child in this world uh, because it is just, it's not what it was when I was younger. And if we're already heading in this direction and it doesn't seem like things are slowing down, I really fear for what the future looks like. Well, we've talked about how there are, you know, we're embracing men wearing makeup. And when we were kids, the Maybelline models, all of these makeup models, they were showing how they were putting makeup on in commercials. And it was really kind of like the next step in life. You know, this will someday be you putting makeup on. And that made sense because it's marketing. You would think that that's what the company wants is little girls to say, yes, I want to be putting makeup on just like that. Similar to even Victoria's Secret. We've had this conversation on here before. I'm a mom. I've had four girls. I actually, when I walk past the lingerie store, don't want to see my body in lingerie. I want to think that I can look like Giselle. You know, I don't necessarily I, want to think I'm going to look like me. not my thing. It never has been my thing. Give me some like comfy sweats. That's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> it's just hard to see that we've changed so much that we are leaving the people out that actually want to feel better about themselves. You know, we're leaving out the the people that want to, the little girls that want to say, oh, when I grow up, I'm going to wear makeup. And my girls have seen all of this. You know, I have four girls, so I've watched them see this. 
And it's it hasn't been empowering to them. It's been confusing to them. And I just think, why aren't people seeing, why aren't these big marketing directors seeing that this is confusing rather than encouraging? Well, it's interesting that you bring up both lingerie and makeup because we've just seen in the past couple of weeks, Dylan Mulvaney was used for a Maybelline ad. So there's makeup, something that women and young girls really identify with. It's, it's like a, a, a part of their coming of age, right? Oh my gosh, I get to wear right. makeup. Like I finally get to wear some lip gloss. And I remember I would sneak my eyeshadow to school straight <laughs> and put it on in the bathroom because my dad would never let me wear it out of the house. Uh, and then there was just another uh, lingerie company this past week that used a biological man to model its lingerie, which again, like that's one of those things like, ooh, you know, when I'm older, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a, a teddy. I'm going to, I'm going to wear some lingerie. And Again, it's it's something that really identifies with women. And there's so many amazing women who would be great models for lingerie or great models for any makeup brand. And yet they're saying, you know what, forget all of you actual women, forget all of you who have, you know, actually gone through puberty as a girl and, and really felt what it was like to transition from girl to woman. Forget all of you. We're going to go with a, a man for this ad. It's just, it's, it's a huge insult to women. And it is crossed over into the sports landscape with the uh, trans athletes. It's such a slap in the face to women that they would say, you know what? Everything you've worked for, everything that, you know, Title IX has helped you to achieve, we're just going to forget about it all. And you know what? Ultimately, what are we looking for? Are we looking for just complete co-ed leagues? I don't understand. Like, I don't understand what well, the end goal I, is here. No, because... Because I don't think that the average male wants to compete against women. I think they understand that there are so many barriers. There's dangers. It's it, your your men are tougher than women. I mean, we've seen just the volleyball player that was hit in the face with the volleyball because a biological man can hit that volleyball much harder than a biological woman can. It, it's tough, but we've seen this kind of trending toward this pushing women aside, women have been pushed aside. There's not as much pride in being a woman. And like you said, when you see that the women who are being used for makeup that are being used for lingerie do not represent women, it's disheartening. What about patriotism? Why is it that patriotism is under attack? And that's something that I think that we see a lot in the sports world. And how can we how do we bring that back? How do we say, well, no, it's you can love this country and still believe that we can change things and make things better on a constant basis? Well, I think the whole point is that there's just such a confused mindset these days where people associate patriotism with suppressing the rights of groups that are trying to gain more traction right now. Um, and people feel mm -hmm. like, oh, well, if I say I'm a patriot, it means... I'm homophobic. It means I'm transphobic. It means it, all these things, which it doesn't mean that it, it, they don't go hand in hand, but people have gotten very confused uh, because there's one group that's, you know, crying out that we're under attack. And, and if you support America and its traditional values, then you're not progressing like the rest of us. It, the whole mindset of the country has just gotten very skewed and it's, it's really a shame. How long did it take you to make the decision to go to Outkick? It wasn't a tough decision for me. Uh, you know, it's just, you also, it's just the, the weighing of what's going to be best for my career. What direction do I want to go in? Because I also realize uh, by coming to a place like Outkick, there is the possibility that some doors could be shut down the road um, by some of the more hmm. traditional outlets. Um, but Isn't then you also telling? have to recognize, you know, 
what's my goal here at the end of the day? Like, do I want to be able to have the freedom to speak my mind and, you know, have those that don't have a voice to be able to look to me to say, okay, yes, yes, I can agree with that. And actually you have encouraged me to stand up for my beliefs as well, uh, which I've been getting a lot of from women. Like I said, I have had several of my former colleagues, not just from ESPN, but from former jobs, even, even, you know, further down the line, reach out and say, I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for standing up for the rest of us. There's a lot more of us out there than people realize, um, but it's going to take some time because people are scared. People are scared to speak their minds or scared to stand up for themselves because fact of the matter is there's a lot of places where if you do speak up, you're out of a job. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What do you tell people that say, how did you do it and how can I do it? I mean, you must have people constantly saying, I feel like I need to do this too, but I'm afraid. I think it's just going to take a lot of women or different groups uh, just saying, you know what, enough is enough. And what are they going to do? Fire the whole company? If every woman says, you know what, 
I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. What are they going to do? Or at least they're going to be forced to address the issue. They're going to be forced to talk about it. There'll be conversation about it. There'll be equal and fair conversation about it. So I just think it's one of those things like people just need to really do some deep introspection and find out, are you okay with the world moving in this direction? I think there's a lot of women in the broadcast industry whose journeys into motherhood are a little bit delayed, right? Because a lot of mm, us put yeah. more time into our career at the beginning. Having kids isn't something that we think about so early on. But now that we're here, there's a lot of us who are thinking, okay, well, kids might be in my future in the next few years. And is this something I want for my children? Um, mm. It's not just about you. It's about the future generations as well. So I think you all really have to just realize what's important to you. How do you want to live? How do you want your families to live and, and make a decision from there? When you see someone like Megan Rapino, who was a champion on the soccer field, was able, you know, fought for women to get equal pay or higher pay and probably has her own endorsement deals now saying that she thinks that men should be able to compete with women on the soccer field and and another sport where you're making contact with people. I mean, it really is dangerous to have a biological male on the field with women playing soccer. What is your take on that? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Um, you know, a lot of people really applauded Megan Rapino for taking a stand for women. You know, everyone wants to mm -hmm. see women treated the same as men and um, have the same rights in a, a fair level of competition, um, which is being wiped out by biological men now being able to play with women on these same fields uh, or arenas. So it doesn't really make sense. You have to wonder what her incentive is uh, to make this blatant switch in mentality because after fighting this fight for so many years, you know, especially for, you know, a, a lesbian woman too, who's probably fought a lot of her own battles throughout the years. You know, it just, it just seems like this would be something we would be able to look to her and, and she would say, listen, I've, I've fought a lot of battles. Um, I've been there, done that. And, and I think doing this to women is just the worst possible case scenario. So it, it's really sad to see. I know. It, it, I think that was one of the more shocking ones because I understand, I think I can understand from her perspective being torn between the two because she has been a champion for both women's rights and LGBTQ rights. And um, I guess we saw which one won out there, but I think that that has been a challenge for so many young people. They get caught in that same trap. If I support one, do I not love the other? And that's what I want people to understand. No, you can, you can be supportive of both, but still say women deserve to be in a, in a fair situation. I mean, we certainly wouldn't want women to feel that they, they can't be safe in their own sport. We, we heard a story about one of the women who was in a locker room with Leah Thomas that had been raped as a young person, raped in like at 14 or 15, I think, and was just traumatized by the fact that she was forced to be changing right next to a biological male. And that's where I think maybe we haven't thought some of these things through. I understand wanting to be loving and that a lot of, like you said, these young people can look at this and feel like, yeah, I, I can be convinced by that. And I think that's a lot of what's happening. And we're forgetting that there's another group that still deserves to be held up and, and kept in a fair situation and a safe situation. Yeah. I mean, fact is, is right now it's trendy to be progressive. You know, as, if, if you're in the younger, you know, the Gen Zers, it is that that's what's trendy. That's what's cool. You know, they, they want to feel like, oh, this is 
you know, I'm fighting for equal rights and, and they really don't have any real understanding of, of what they're doing. They're completely destroying the fabric of women's sports by championing these, these new beliefs. And I just think ultimately we're going down a very slippery slope. I mean, because like we said, we, we look at swimming, Leah Thomas, you know, that's an individual sport, still dangers surrounding it. You know, even just the locker room example being one of them, but, and you, you kind of alluded to this already, but soccer fields, basketball courts, football fields, what happens when a man enters those arenas and there's contact and they're very aggressive. I mean, someone is going to get hurt. There's there's people getting hurt when women are playing other women. Right. So what happens when you put a man into the mix? I mean, it's just there's there's no way to avoid injury like that because well, in this in the fighting, when we've seen um the boxing matches and the fighting, it, it that is that seems really outside of the realm of common sense. Yeah. And and I also it's just curious to me that a lot of the people that I've been hearing from since I started here last week and have started speaking out for the first time, a lot of the people who are coming after me on social media are clearly not athletes, nor have they ever been athletes. So it's mm, it's just interesting. interesting that people are trying to fight this fight when they know nothing about it. I think that's the thing that is frustrating to us as women who've played sports to hear men come out and say, well, you're not being welcoming or someone who has never been involved to say, well, you're not being inclusive. It's like, no, I, I'm actually speaking from a place of knowing and experiencing this myself. And I have to say that this is a bad idea, but you're not allowed to say it's a bad idea anymore. You're not allowed. And you know, when I was in middle school, I was a huge tomboy and I was, I was so adamant. I was like, I'm playing football. You can't keep me off the team. And so I told them, I was like, I'm playing on the, I'm playing on the middle school boys football team. And it was a, you know, it was a private school. So they, they had no cuts. <laughs> there weren't enough, there weren't enough students to have cuts. So they're like, all right, come on out. And I'm telling you, Tudor, I was out there one day and I was like, never mind. Thank you so much. I'll be <laughs> that um, was good. No, no I'm it, good. You just don't realize, even though I was, I would like to say the most athletic girl in my class, I still could not hold a candle to these middle school boys. I mean, it just but what that's what exactly right. I mean, that's what you don't know until you know. Exactly. And, it, and it's nothing against me. I wasn't I wasn't embarrassed, nor was I ashamed. It's just one of those things like, yeah, I can run fast, but can I run as fast as you? No, I'm strong. But am I as strong as you? No, it's just do I have endurance? Yes. But do I have as much endurance as you? No, it's just there. Is it's this, different. It's I, different. I, I. I recently went to my daughter's sixth grade basketball games and she played basketball this year. Her little friend is a boy, played basketball on the boys team. She wanted to go see him on the boys team. I was used to going to the girls basketball team for weeks. And I thought really honestly, even though I talk about this stuff all the time, I really thought how much difference is sixth grade? You know, it's going to be the same game, but it was a totally different game. The boys just play in it much faster, much more aggressive. It's just a different way of playing. And that was surprising to me because they're so young, but there's truly a difference in the way they play. Well, yeah. And especially like once the testosterone kicks in, you know what I mean? Like in, in football, once you take a big hit, your body, it just goes into this state where you're ultra fired up and right, it, it's right. not something you control. It's, it's, it's an adrenaline rush. It's, it's hormonal. And you suddenly, you just hit another level of play. Um, and that's something that women, we experience in a sense of our own, but it's not the same thing.
Hmm. I guess I had never thought about that before, but that is really interesting. I mean, that these are the things that I feel like we are not free to talk about. And I guarantee you that when this post, somebody will say, you don't, you're not experts on these things, of course. but we, we have this experience. You certainly have had this experience. You've watched it. What makes you an expert? If you haven't, if, if it's not that you've played, you've watched it, you've reported on it. I mean, you are deeply into this and you've seen the differences and it's a shame that you can't just safely say, okay, but can we think about it? Can we think that maybe this isn't the best idea? Yeah. And you know, there was an example years ago of, um, the women's national soccer team doing a scrimmage against a grade school boys team. I can't remember exactly what grade it was. They got completely demolished. You know, you're looking at a completely different age group where professional female athletes versus right grade school boys. And, and they still were, and it's just, and it's not a knock on the women. It's not to say they aren't phenomenal, fantastic athletes, but just men and women are built differently. Their capabilities are different and that is never going to change. No, it will not. So, okay. So tell us, how do people find you on OutKick? Tell us a little bit about that really quick. Okay. So um, the show that I will be co-hosting does not launch until before football season. So realistically, probably sometime in July we're looking at. Um, But until then, I'm going to be plugged into all different types of OutKick shows, um, filling in as a guest host, doing guest appearances, um, all just also all over Fox News Channel, um, coming on to talk about issues like this. Um, so like tomorrow night, I'll be on Sean Hannity, uh, which is today. And then I'll be on uh, Varney and co on Thursday. And then, you know, I'm sure if you go to my social media, I'll keep you up to date of where you can find me. And uh, my socials are at Charlie on TV. So I'm so happy Wonderful. to be a part of the family. It's been a great experience so far. And I'm super happy to have my voice back. Well, we are so happy that you decided to do this. And I think that you are an inspiration to so many young women and really people all across the country. Just know that as many of those nasty comments as you get on social media, there's thousands more people behind you saying, give me a break. This woman's amazing. Absolutely. And hopefully that voice, that louder one you just mentioned gets even louder. I agree. Absolutely. You are inspiring it. Charlie Arnault, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much. Yeah. Congratulations to you and and good luck. You don't need luck though, because what you're doing is already amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate that. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. For this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there and make sure you join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Have a great day. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.